Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm a nutritionist and an exercise physiologist, a professor, and a former competitive bodybuilder. Hey, everybody. This is Phil Stevens. I own Strength Guild. I'm a strength coach and uh, athlete in powerlifting and whatever sport is uh, I fancy at the time. So, <laughs> Right on. All right, everyone. We have Phil on the phone today. Just tech reason. Sounds pretty good so far. Skype is holding up. Good. Um, we have... Two little bits of mail, um, three or four little tidbits of news, and then we're just going to mostly go right to break and find out about Phil's trip to the Arnold. And I have some questions for him. Our topic of the day is going to be just a report on the strength and fitness industry. So um, let me get through these mails quickly. Sometimes the line between marketing and networking is a fine line, fine one. Um, and I think both of these have elements of that, and I'm trying to decide which they are. <laughs> the first one, I think, is is just personal interest and, and motivation. This is from Renato. He says, uh, through our website, he says, Hi, Robert. Uh, my name is Renato uh, Bogina. I hope I'm not destroying that. I'm a strength and conditioning coach from Italy, currently living in Amsterdam. Over the past few years, I've gained a lot of experience coaching large groups uh, of athletes as well as individuals. I'm now looking to share my knowledge. Basically, I would love to come and talk on your podcast and discuss strength and conditioning related subjects. I specialize in coaching field athletes, such as rugby and football players. So the reason I'm mentioning this email uh, on air is, listeners, if you have an interest in that, um, again, these guys are strength athletes, right? Rugby, football, this robust group of dudes there. Uh, let us know, and we will reach out uh, to Renato and get sort of a European perspective on uh, what he does with strength conditioning uh, in those fields. He says, I can imagine you'd like to know more about me before you decide to invite me. Uh, let's stay in touch. It's a pretty cool email. Um, he's just trying to get the word out, like I said, motivated, uh, networking. So uh, if, if listeners, again, if you can let me know, uh, you just go to ironradio.org and send an email through Rob. We get Rob still dutifully sends us emails. I appreciate that he does that. Um, and then uh, we'll go from there. The next one is from Taylor, uh, also through our website. Uh, hey, guys, I've been listening to Iron Radio for a bit and love it and wanted to email you about potentially working together. Uh, I work for a design and marketing agency in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I wanted to personally reach out to you, introduce myself, etc. Let me know what you think. I hope to hear from you. Best, Taylor. So, again, a uh, marketing person reaching out and listener to help. Uh, one of these days, I think we're going to pull the trigger on this. We always, <laughs> you know, we just kind of, you know, do our own thing, and we're on select social media. But um, when I look at some of the content, and this sounds very judgmental, and it's not like, well, you know, my wife always jokes, good thing we're perfect, you know, sarcastically. But it's there's so much that we could be doing and just basically – putting it in someone else's hands who's better at the marketing and uh, or at least has the time 
to do it mm -hmm. um, because there's so much junk content, you know, with tens of thousands or even millions of views on YouTube or different social media channels. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe there are few intellectuals that are also strength athletes. I don't know. <laughs> but one of these days we're going to pull the trigger on that. But that's the mail. Let me share just a few news tidbits. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Uh, this is from IFT, Institute of Food Technologists. It's one of my favorite groups now. Uh, these are just blurbs. So these are not extensive deep dives, but I thought you might be interested. The first one, FDA advances the implementation of the new Nutrition Facts food label. So listeners, you might remember that we've been talking in 2018. We have new food labels. The calorie font is really big. And, you know, we have, I've had some debates with people about whether that's good or bad. You know, I, I, people tend to over-focus on calories instead of the quality of the food and, and the food pattern and that sort of thing. But, so the new labels are, are getting advanced. It says the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, Commissioner Scott uh, Gottlieb released a statement on the agency's update to the new Nutrition Facts panel, which includes significant changes to help consumers make more informed dietary choices, uh, etc., uh, it also provides guidance for food manufacturers, actually. So if you're not familiar with the food labels in a nutshell, again, the font is real big. Uh, they used to have two vitamins and two minerals on there in addition to the macronutrients. Um, vitamins A and C and the minerals were calcium and iron. Uh, they got rid of vitamin A and C, and I think they were on there before because they were sort of at risk. You know, you get them from fruits and vegetables, and that's what Americans generally don't eat. Uh, but they have made some changes that I do like. They they took off A and C, but they added vitamin D. And a lot of us know that there's been some interesting studies suggesting it could raise testosterone in certain people or increase strength uh, and that sort of thing. Um, multiple things happen with vitamin D because it's a hormone, right? It's the only vitamin that's also a hormone. Uh, and then they added potassium as one of the minerals. And I like that too. Again, you get that from fruits and vegetables, also dairy and things like that. And it helps counteract, in my mind, a lot of the excessive sodium intake. Anyway, uh, the next one, again, just tidbits, is the Russian media waging an anti-GMO campaign uh, in an attempt to cast doubt into the minds of Americans about the safety of, uh, this is genetically modified organisms, right? So essentially food items of your choice that have been tweaked genetically. Um, to cast doubt into the minds of Americans about the safety of GMOs and agricultural practices in the United States. Russia's major news outlets have focused their efforts on portraying GMOs in a negative light, according to Iowa State University researcher Sean Dorius and Carolyn Lawrence Dill. So that's interesting. I don't know if there's paranoia about Russia meddling with everything these days, but... Um, that is interesting because here in the States, at least, most scientists, I mean, there's a huge divide between most scientists who feel that genetically modified organisms are, are safe and really a good thing, and a lot of lay people are very concerned about them for whatever reason. So I thought that was a little interesting how the media getting shaped there, shaping our opinions. Um, let's see. There was only one or two other things left on here. Snacks increasingly replacing meals for consumers. Technomics recently released a 2018 Snacking Occasion Customer Trend Report, and that reveals uh, not only our uh, views on snacking starting to broaden, uh, but consumers are more likely now than in 2016 to replace one or two meals per day with snacks. 
I think it's pretty true with me. I, I, I eat a protein bar for breakfast, for example. Um, you know, like you feel, I'd grab a cup of coffee and stumble to the mic here. <laughs> you know. um, and then the, um, two more. Consuming nuts improves colon cancer outcomes. I know we're more of a fitness podcast, but exercise has some relation to colon cancer as well. But anyway, in a good way. Nut consumption may contribute significantly to colon cancer survival, according to a new study at Yale, uh, Yale's Cancer Center. Study tracked 826 people with stage 3 colon cancer for 6.5 years following treatment and chemo. So, again, those phytochemicals, I really think it's an important part of a, a lot of diets. If you like to snack, nuts are great. You know, cal- classic, like, weight gain calorie source, too. If you're going to diet, you got to be careful because they're, they're so calorie rich, but... And then finally, 25% of consumers express interest in meal kits. Due to their convenience, variety, and freshness, meal kits are gaining favor with American appetites. In 2017, in-store meal kits generated over $150 million in sales, uh, posting growth of more than 26% uh, year over year, uh, reports market researcher Nielsen. So that kind of goes back with the snacking thing. People like their you know, ready to prep meal kits. They like their snacks. To me, it just suggests a lot about people having no time, really. Um, last one, just in case anybody's interested, Kraft Heinz. Again, a lot of these huge food manufacturers are buying each other and this and that. But Kraft Heinz Company has announced a launch of a new springboard dedicated. Now, this is where some of our listeners who work in the fitness and nutrition world might be interested. A new platform dedicated to nurturing scaling up and accelerating the growth of disruptive U.S. brands in the food and beverage space. So you might want to Google Kraft Heinz, IFT, something like that. If you're interested in starting up a product, uh, something like that, uh, could be helpful to get you investors and that kind of thing. You know, go for the big boys. All right. Uh, Phil, I know most of your news is probably the travel that you've got. Did you have anything else before we go to break? No, I mean, we don't have anything, nothing real exciting coming on right now. I mean, the only thing we've been talking around here lately is the oncoming shift in weight classes and weightlifting, which everybody's waiting on. They're shifting those again. Um, how are, how so? Well, they're, they're doing it like they did in, what was it, 84 or whatever. Uh, they're shifting it and resetting world records again <clears throat> in, in IWF, international weightlifting. So Why? Because of all the recent drug pops. So, oh, gotcha. So they're just doing a slight shift, and there's going to be seven men's weight classes, seven women's. Currently, there's eight men's and seven women's. The only real thing I've heard about is like they're going to they want to do away with the 105 class because that's where a lot of the uh, the bad pops were were gotten oh, in the men's class. I see. So yeah, because they're doing a shift and restarting things again, so they don't have to like obliterate the old world records. So they'll be there, but it's kind of like an asterisk thing. So, is that going to be good? Is that going to motivate people to get out and try to set some fresh records? Yeah, well, I mean, I, what it's doing, really, the only thing it's doing as far as athletes, like my athletes and things like that, is, you know, we have people on, on, on the very edge of weight classes, and they're hoping they go up a few kilos. Because <laughs> so, mm. it's easier to take weight then. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the only thing that everybody's really talking about, but... Uh, that's the only real news I got right now, besides the Arnold and stuff that we just went through. Right, so. right on. All right, well, I warned everybody at the beginning, we're just going to head to break sort of early. Um, when we come back, we're going to get a report on the strength and fitness industry from Phil, since he was traveling and probably saw a bunch of cool stuff. So we'll be back in just a moment. 
Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single digit uh, royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, everybody, we are back, and uh, we're just going to talk about the industry today and kind of... Uh, Hit things off on what we saw on our trip. So it started off with the grueling 10-hour drive across the Midwest. Mm, um, right. Somebody posted yesterday, they're like, I live in the boring part of Ohio. I was like, really? That I just drove from Kansas to Ohio, and the whole part's flat and boring. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the bad part of it. But the flights and everything go up so crazy that a lot of people end up driving. Um that's not that bad, about 10 an hour drive. So you get a lot of time, windshield time, some time to chat. And I think we brought like 15 people up with us this year. So I um, had a few weightlifters. So that's, that was the main reason to come. And then just, I, you know, it's good for me to go in. It's my, my one time a year to go spend time with the windlers and, yeah. you know, go visit at their booths that I know. So um, I will say this is probably, I've been to a lot of these things, Olympia and Arnold. This is the first time I've seen it about 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. on Saturday. They shut it down because it got so busy. The fire marshal shut them down because they're over capacity. Whoa. Uh, so it ended up being a one person goes out, one person can come in situation is how busy it was. <laughs> so, Do you know what the cap was? Like how, how many thousands are we talking? Do you know? I don't know, but I mean it was like those expos are usually bad, but I mean it was it – was, 
literally elbow to elbow through the whole thing. Uh, there was no walking space. Uh, wow. It was crazy. So, um, needless to say, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in the expo. At least, you know, unlike the R or the Olympia, like everything kind of happens in that one spot except for the bodybuilding. Um, at the Arnold, it's spread out. So you have the main stuff going on there. So you get the main stage in there where the, a lot of the strongman and then Highland Games, amateur strongman is kind of going on in the expo. But when you start getting into weightlifting and fencing and jujitsu and things like that, they all kind of have their separate rooms, which <laughs> if you're coaching in something like that, it helps. So, but I mean, it's spilling out everywhere. I mean, out of the expo. Now there's, there's booths out in the halls um, and, and things like that. So, well, they're, uh, they've already, they've grown so many times. Is there anywhere else physically they can go in Columbus, or is that the, the biggest venue? Do you know? I, I, I can't imagine there's anything bigger. My I mean, God. It was, it's, right? it's a pretty big spot. So mm -hmm. the only thing they can do is just keep, you know, there's there's more buildings around that, I guess, start spilling more into hotels and more into, you know, because, like, the Hilton's attached to it. I'm sure they have a some kind of convention hall in there for meetings and things. And That's true. Just just keeps spilling further out. <laughs> yeah. I, I've uh, been to some different sort of like comic con type conventions and, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, just the nerdy type stuff, completely different genre, but that's what happens with those. They get so big that they spill into like five surrounding hotels. Cause like you said, they've got spaces and, uh, I just yep. didn't know as far as it might be a little, it's one thing to do a lecture in a hotel. It'd be another one to set up a, a stage yeah, and do lip. I, I don't see why you couldn't do some powerlifting if you brought in the right kind of stage, you know, I don't know, platform. Uh, yeah, exactly. And in, inside of a hotel room or something. But I mean, a lot of that goes on, ends up going on in the, in the main stages in the expo. But, uh, which is awesome. If like everybody should experience the expo thing, but after you've done it, <laughs> you kind of don't want to do it. I agree. So, yep. You know, if you're a coach or something, you have to deal with that. And like, you're competing in the freaking expo. It's it's a little it's a little crazy, but uh, you know, luckily my my people were, were weightlifters and they were out in the other room, so we spent the majority of our time out there. Got to see Sarah Robles and things like that. Oh, good. Uh, we did go into the expo. I mean, I had to go and go to Mark's booth and say hey to him and uh, Jesse Burdick, and then over to Hate Brand Goods and talk to Matt. And luckily, I knew their booth numbers, so everybody just grabbed me and I went. <laughs> right. I just, yeah. I don't and pushing through the crowds of ILS people and you know it's like come on buddy you don't take up that much space move right you know, we're through. <laughs> right <laughs> now the, as far as the when I think of the Arnold I think of the expo right so yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know if it would be a help or a hindrance it, it seems like the, the, that much chaos would really call for a lot of focus if you're trying to actually compete and get some work done get something done there you know yes but, um, as far as the expos though the the, the booths um, I'm, I'm assuming there were dozens to hundreds of booths. Oh, yeah. Uh, is the dietary supplement presence as big as it used to be? I mean, being a sports nutrition person, I'm interested in that stuff. Uh, or is there a wider variety of products you think? I think there's a wider variety now because mm -hmm. it used to be, as you know, I mean, it was like almost, God, it was nearing over 90%. Agreed. Like, yep. Yep. No, I mean, it was just flooded with that. And I'd say maybe 50% now. So, and then you see a lot of, uh, well, raw powerlifting is kind of making a resurgence. So you see a lot of, uh, companies like that, um, Mark with his stuff, wraps and straps and sleeves and, and things like that. Accessories kind of, yeah. 
accessory type stuff. Um, and other just fitness gadgets and lots of clothing now. Um, you know, clothing brands, fitness brands. Um, and yeah, then you have your, you have your big booths, like some of the, some of the larger supplement companies, uh, have their giant boots. Yes, places like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you just know they're going to be there. And bodybuilding.com is always going to have a huge booth and uh, and things like that. But you don't see as many. I don't know. It seems like the the small the small mom and pop supplement companies you used to see have kind of went to the wayside a bit. Uh, there's not just the hundreds of those. But, uh, I think the FDA regulations have really – they've gotten so stricter and they, so much stricter and they, they've set the bar higher. It's not like in, in Bigger, Stronger, Faster where you can just capsulate some stuff on your kitchen table. You know, I think that yeah. weeds out a lot of the small small guys. Yeah, you'd have to have somebody to actually get into the industry now, whereas before you didn't because, you know, yeah. like you said, you could literally do it on your kitchen table. Exactly. Now you got to have a lawyer involved and there's labeling and good manufacturing yeah. practices, so many things in, in place, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're seeing a lot more of the, uh, and I, I mean, I think it's pretty neat. I mean, like hate brand goods and and things like that. You're seeing a lot more of, of of that type of stuff, like a a, a lifestyle brand type of deal going on. Um, and in many ways, that's good for everybody. I mean, it's good for the athletes. It's because a lot of times, what ends up is now you have athletes a way to get before you'd get uh, like sponsored by <sighs> Joe Schmo Nutrition, mm-hmm. and you'd get pounds of protein sent to you a week. Yep, um, yep. you know, if you can get behind something like them and, you know, now you're wearing something that at least has some kind of message behind it besides just, uh, you know, literally with the supplement companies is just sell our stuff. We'll give you a couple bucks, you know, type right. of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, you're seeing more of that, um, you know, Phil, actually that's an astute observation because one of my questions for you was going to be, is mixing fitness genres, is it beneficial for the athletes or the spectators? But it never really occurred to me that w- when you broaden it like that, you might be able to bring in some good-sized companies that aren't about pills and powders. Not that that's necessarily bad, but um, – and those could sponsor athletes, right? Because yeah. it's it's all so broad. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're seeing that. I mean, even in like uh, – well, like Rogue. Rogue's a major sponsor there. And things like that. they're an equipment company. Mm-hmm. You know, they sponsor athletes, they sponsor the events, and then you have different companies like that that end up sponsoring different parts of the event or prizes mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And it's, you know, it's something you can wear and it's some kind of message you can get behind and everybody kind of, I don't know, it's, to me it makes more sense than, I don't, I, I can't tell what kind of protein powder you're drinking when you have a shaker full, you know. Does it irritate it's, you though at all that, uh, like let's say, I mean, you bring in everything imaginable, badminton, tennis, yoga. Yes. I mean, you know, at some point, does it dilute the event for guys like yourself, like for the strength and fitness kind of person or, or not so much? A good job at it because basically what is in the, the largest part, what's inside the expo is none of that. So you have like the massive strongman competition, the amateur strongman, the powerlifting, okay. and the highlights. It's like the major strength events is what is going on in the expo. All your other stuff, you have to go find it. Okay. If that so, mm-hmm. like, if I wanted to go watch fencing, I'd got to go down the hall into a little room and, and find it. It's so you're still majorly flooded with like, the, arguably, I would say probably the the Arnold Strongman is now probably the feature event at it. It's not the bodybuilding. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Nobody was talking about the bodybuilding. I have no clue what happened at the bodybuilding competition. That's funny because, uh, you know what, I haven't been there for years. And even the last time that I was there, God, it was probably 10 years ago. But yeah. I got that feeling that, I mean, the Arnold, I still think about, I call it the Arnold Classic. I don't. I tend not to think Arnold Fitness Weekend, you know. And But even, even 10 years ago, the bodybuilding stuff was really sort of not the main event or, you know, on its way out as the main event. So I hear you. I mean, I, I really think it's a strong main competition now. I mean, but it's hard to argue that. I mean, it's, it's a spectacle. It's what half Thor came in and deadlifted 1,044. Oh um, God. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and those guys are up there fighting. I think the purse was $72,000. Um, they're going to work hard for that, you know, and they're going to put on a show. So, right on, yeah. um, and yeah. now you got the Highland Games going on side. They figured out a, a neat way to, you know, they they had that one year where it was disastrous, and they did it outside, and everybody got like snowed and rained on. Um, yeah, they figured out a way to bring it indoors. So um, now we had Dan on when you, you asked Dan to come on. Now he was saying when they first moved in inside, weren't they hitting the ceiling with some of the throws? Yeah, last, year, <laughs> last year, last year Spencer hit the ceiling with the uh, with the sheaf. So Oops. they they made it heavier this year. And uh, it wor- that worked. It, it worked out, but Spencer came in and crushed things again. Like I was talking to Dan, there was like, "Are you having a good day?" He's like, "Well, yeah, I'm having a good day, but it just looks like I'm having a bad day because Spencer's having such a good day. He broke like four world records." Whoa. Um, yeah. So I mean, he's like, nobody's having a good day compared to that, right? But, yeah. So, yep. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think Spencer threw a 19.3 weight over bar, so 56 pound weight for height. And, uh, it's hard to yeah, even wrap your head around some of the the numbers for me, you know, because I don't watch it as often as as you do. But yeah, they're they're just so beyond normal human range. A lot of this stuff that you're, yeah. it, it makes your head swim, you know. Yeah, and uh, I mean this is where we've talked about it before, but I mean, the Olympia has taken a back seat, and they're trying to play catch up. Yes. I don't think they just because Arnold the Arnold got on this first, and now I mean. It's a lot more to look at, you know. The, the the it's a lot more of a spectacle when you have Highland Games going on, powerlifting, strongman, all this, plus the booths. You know, it gives you something else to look for, besides just you. You had those hundreds and hundreds of people, like standing at booths, yelling and screaming to get a T-shirt, and, and oh like yeah, that. yeah, that gets tiresome for sure. Yeah, I mean, we got caught in a crowd of those. Like this was my wife's first year ever going to something like this. Oh. <laughs> Get me out of here. Get, right. Get me out of here. Yeah, you have to have a lot of patience because there's so many boneheads, you know, like like you said, walking around like, dude, you don't take up that much space. You know, you get the guys that are – I've heard all kinds of terms for it, mating posture, banana, or, uh, grapefruit smugglers, you know, like they have grapefruit under their armpits, like they're walking around trying to look big. Yeah. It's like just settle down, grow up a little bit. Uh, and it's pretty interesting. When, whenever Arnold's coming through, so basically what happens is we he ran past us twice. So a big troop of dogs comes through. Yeah, I remember. And then here comes the police, and everybody out of the way, out of the way, out of the way, and you know. Right. Uh, he looks good. You know, is what I'll say. I mean, he looks really good for his age. Uh, I I suspect, and I might get some hate for this. I don't know, but I remember. Do you remember the whole thing with uh, Stallone? And he was he discovered like growth hormone, and his physique transformed. Yeah. You know, and he got he got popped coming back in from the states from Australia, I believe it was. And I, I, for whatever reason, that people that are that rich or famous, they just don't go to jail like regular people. I don't know, yeah. but I I suspect that somehow 
Arnold took a clue from that, you know, and oh. just like you said, he, he, he for a while he was not looking so good when he was governor, and people were like, oh, God, look at his physique, and there was these paparazzi photos, and and now, yeah, I agree. I mean, Stallone and Arnold, they're looking crazy good uh, for guys in their 70s or whatever, you know? That's what people, they're in their 70s. I mean, they look, yeah, and it's... Yeah, That's pretty I, good. I think it's I think it's GH. I remember Stallone saying it's the fountain of youth. You don't understand. <laughs> Stuff yeah. Like that. So, um, but good though. I'm I'm glad he looks good. Good on him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. Um, I hope I look that good at seventy. Damn right. Damn right. Um, but no, it was good. I mean, like I said, and then we had I had a couple weightlifters, and we showed well. So uh, Bobby took second, so she took home silver medal. Oh. Uh, in the master's class. And then Lindsay took 12th out of 58 in the open. So not bad. I mean, and then we had another lifter, Sal. And like I said, got to see Sarah Robles and things like that. They were watching. So it was, a, it doesn't feel like a big meet with the weightlifting. Cause you go to the other, like this is an American open series. And we went to the American open series in, um, where were we? Michigan. And, uh, it was a huge stage. But the way they tuck these things in the little rooms, like I think weightlifting had three rooms, so it was a, uh, it was almost like you were at a smaller competition. But uh, is it, it hard? Out. Is it hard to even know if you're watching? I mean, aside from the the numbers, like uh, an amateur or a pro, are the pros and amateurs all mixed around? Like if, if somebody's a noob and they go down there for the first time, how do you find the pros? They're just on the big center main stages. Is that kind of the idea? Oh, and, with the, with the strongman or whatever, they're going to be on the big center stage. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like the amateur strongman was out on the floor with the booths. So, and they just had that area caged off. So Yeah, still, you know, I think there's a draw for amateur, like when you took your people. I didn't know you took such a big group, goodness. Um, but it's got to be some draw to be able to compete at the same event where there are pros competing. You know, yeah. it's just, it, it makes, it, it raises the stakes somehow. It makes it feel more important. For sure. Well, and then weightlifting this year, they ended up making the Arnold part of the AO series. So it wasn't just a, usually it's an anybody can sign up meet, but now it was a qualify. You had to qualify to come to it. So, okay. Um, um, to lift that, you had to have a qualifying total. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was good. Cool. No, that's cool. Um, so just looking at some of my questions here, we talked about sort of what's changed and, and, and that sort of thing and the, the direction of it and that sort of thing. Um, One of my questions was about local gyms. So obviously these very broad fitness expos, that's something new on the landscape to me in the last three to five years. I mean, Arnold was first, and everybody's taken a page from that. Hey, I can do this on a smaller scale. You know, I mean, like when we had Chris Bongiovanni on, you know, she's doing that up in Minnesota uh, and and that sort of thing. Um, How does – is that a good thing for isolated lifters like – do you think, because you mentioned a few weeks ago that the fitness industry sort of kicks off in March, and it's the Arnold that does it. I mean, from at least the strength part of the fitness industry. Um, how does that interface with small, isolated gyms? Do you think they don't care? Do you think it's a motivation? I mean, you took a, a, a pretty big group there, you know. Uh, is it good for the people that are out there in the garages and the, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears kinds of gyms? I mean, I don't think it affects you much. As far as like that kicks off the season, unless you have competitors, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, 
you know, it is a big, like even for amateur strongman, it's a, it's a bigger competition. And then if you're dealing with the weightlifters, same thing. This is the first in the series to qualify for a bigger competition. They, they are, they are starting to turn it into that. So they're it, probably, uh, I can't say they probably just happened upon this by chance. There's probably some, some person smarter than me behind the, uh, right. behind the street scenes. And that's, you know, they're turning this thing into where, where it is that, I mean, well, the reason so, I like, ask, you're so com you're so competitively minded, you know, yeah. that there's also a huge spectator component to this, you know, oh, and it no. makes me wonder, you know, is there a trickle down kind of effect where you see local groups like, you know, somehow getting motivated, or even individual solo lifters, you know, and their gym partners or whatever. Well, it's a way to get seen. I mean, if you can get on the stage there and put up something big in front of a big crowd, it's a good way to start getting your name out there. And part of that, I mean, in all these sports, I mean, now with, with social media, part of it is getting your name out there. That's like JP, uh, what he was the first American to walk out and squat over a thousand uh, raw. And a lot of people didn't know who the hell he was. So yeah. <laughs> when you left, so him going to that, like he was at the animal cage this weekend, um, which the animal cage has become a big spectacle over the last 10 years. Uh he hit 925 for a double in the animal cage, and uh, you, you know you can you can start going into things like that and, and into the competitions and start broadening the scope of people who know the, who the heck you are. Um, Get noticed, yeah. It, it it's got to be good because one of the things about social media is, in one sense, people are more connected, but in another, you have to physically come together in a location. Like when it was more just bodybuilding oriented. I mean, bodybuilders are so few and far between. I mean, you could walk around for a month and not see one, you know? Yeah. And then it was a place for all of them to sort of come together. So I think physically coming together uh, is a big deal, even if it's just to watch and get motivated. You know, even if you're not JP and going to get noticed, watching something like that, I would think that, that would be some fuel for motivation for your own training. Like, damn, I, you know, that was ridiculous, you know? Well, it's become a place, you know, it, I argue almost it has become the place for if you follow somebody on social media, you have the potential to go meet them. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to be there. So, I mean, it's kind of uh, if you if you're inspired by somebody, well, I'm going to go up there and meet them. And they all do a pretty good job. Like JP, he puts it out there on his social media. OK, I'm going to be the animal cage this day and then I'll be over at Mark's booth this day and things like that. Um, so it can work together like that. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun atmosphere. I think it's great for strength sports. I mean, I think it's because individually they're all niche. Oh, <laughs> they, yeah. Like it's never going to be huge powerlifting. It's a lot bigger than it was, but it's never going to be huge. You get them all together and now it has some purchasing power. Um, like you would never be able to fill that convention of the hall up with just strongly, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't afford it. It's sort of like a, being part of a, insurance co-op so you have more purchasing power except this is more for, for marketing power yeah yeah you know yeah so if they join together and it creates something larger than any one of them so and you, then you see people you see a lot of people crossing platforms now you're seeing a lot of the, like the yeah the, the well with the women like doing figure and and lifting okay and yeah things like that so you see a lot of cross-platform stuff or be people bouncing between sports strong man and powerlifting whatever so. We've talked about that in the past too. That that's full circle, isn't it? Like almost back to Muscle Beach days, where you couldn't just be pretty, but you're expected 
you you couldn't be all show and no go, you know. Yeah. And interesting, have you have you watched the uh, Born Strong documentary? No. Mm-mm. You should watch that. So Arnold's in there and he talks about it. And he's like, the, the reason he wanted to bring bring Strongman in was him growing up where he did. He said you'd have halls and they were like bars where people lifted in. And it was a lot of you know they go in there and drink and people watch and then you pick up big things. And he yep. said that just it sense to me. He said we needed that that spectacle at the Arnold, you know, where people can celebrate people just picking up big things. And uh, so I mean, it fits. It, it does get people fired up. I mean, if well, the if performance, you, up, you know, it's performance oriented. Like someone could miss a lift. I mean, with bodybuilding, all the work is done ahead of time. And don't yeah. get me wrong, that can be a spectacle too. You're like, look at that monster, you know, and that can yeah. be very motivational and stuff. But like nobody, it's not coming down to a split second good lift, bad lift kind of thing. And that's the kind of stuff that has yeah. some spectator draw, I would think. Oh, yeah, much more so. I mean, like nobody, you're not going to hear 20,000 people stand up and cheer really loud while somebody strikes a double bicep pose. <laughs> But when somebody's yanking on a thousand forty-four pounds, you kind of get into that. You know, you feed off that energy, and everybody gets up. And they're, yeah, yeah, you know, right, screaming and fun, and you know, it gets the crowd incited. So, yeah, uh, it's energized. How many of your group were 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 new to an event of this size? Because I mean, you're an old scarred veteran here, but you, do you have some Pretty newbies? Much, there was just me. Who was it? Me and Dal. Dal went last year with me, and. uh Maybe one more person, and the rest of them just they tagged along to they'd never been to something like this. Well, D- Dow's you know, a big boy. I mean, has he has he been down there for many years? Or no, last year was his first. Last year was his first. Yeah. Oh, and oh now, wow. Now, right now, we just checked it out. He's number one in the in the world right now. The two forty two lifters. Ooh. With a twenty twenty two total, so he's doing well. Um, and yet, so no, I mean, we had like I said, most of them were new. And it was about 50-50 on the ones who liked the expo and the other ones who were like, get me the hell out of here. That's too many people. So, Right. <laughs> um, but And I, I'm definitely in that crew. Like I said, I enjoyed like my first Olympia and things like that. And you go to every freaking booth. Now it's like, okay, let me draw a map. We're getting in here and getting out. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that's actually a, a bit of advice for people. This is true. Science conferences, because some of them are huge, 20,000 people, or or big fitness festivals is – yeah, you almost have to pick just like two cool things to do per day. Don't try to do everything because you're just going to drive yourself, you're running yourself ragged. You know, it, yeah. there's too much shit going on and, and you can't over schedule yourself because you're right. I used to do the same thing. It's like try to hit every booth, get as many freebies as possible. And then, yeah, after a while, you start getting kind of irritated and exhausted, you know, because yeah. there's just too much. There's too much there yeah, to do. I think there was like 28 or 30 rows. Of vendors. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Each row, I don't know how many, but it was big. I mean, it would take on Saturday, it would have taken you, if you wanted to go through the whole thing, you would have spent an eight hour day just making it through the crowd. And no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I went in and whenever I made it to a booth, I'm lucky um, because I just know people. So, I mean, we'd make it to a booth and I'd jump behind it. It was like, get me out of that. (laughs) Yeah. So we'd go back behind the booth and then start shooting the shit and get our little break before we. Okay, give me some water. We're going. <laughs> yeah, back at it. In the, the next booth. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I mean, it's a neat spectacle if that's what you're into, but I, it's not me anymore. So I, I want in and out. I want to see my people and, and get out of there. And that's why I know Jim 
Wendler went down Friday, and then he skipped Saturday and just waited at his house for us. So <laughs> we spent the evening over there. No, I'm not going back down, but uh, so we spent the evening over there talking and, and things like that. So he's like this, you know, big troll lives in a cage or a cave. Yeah, I don't know, and exactly. he com- comes out when he has to. <laughs> I, don't, I mean that in a nice way. I've always liked Jim. I thought I think he's a cool guy, but. It's just funny how kind of salty it almost intolerant, you know, because like you said, you it does it, it wears on you. The, all that initial excitement when you see it for the first time, you're like, oh my god, this is so awesome. And then, yeah, you you do that maybe the second time it loses a little luster, or the third, and then after a while you're like, I don't know, get me the hell out yeah. of here, you know. No, we're... <laughs> no, and we had an interesting conversation. I mean, I guess on Thursday night or something like that, Jim did a uh, a podcast with Matt Vincent. Oh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said one of the questions he has was, "How do you stay relevant? Because you don't go to things like this. Because um, he doesn't. So right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, his answer was, he said, "Well, I've I, I've trained for my whole life, and I love training, and I always will. So I always study it." And he said, "The training always beats it." He said, "I don't have to stay relevant because training will always be relevant. You know, as long as I'm putting out good new information, and uh, you know, he." He doesn't have to fight to be relevant like somebody trying to sell the newest supplement. You know, they need to get out there and they have to go out there and sell you on it. He has a name. You know, people know he puts out good information. Mm-hmm. So they're they're waiting for that new information. So Hey, speaking you know, of which, were there yeah. um did you see a lot of people live broadcasting from booths? Like you said social media, I consider podcasting part of that. Did you yeah. see people doing that? Yeah, there's a lot of that goes on. Like, I know Mark, that's a big part of his deal. He has, uh, in one of his booths, like half of it is set up for interviews and things like that. Um, yeah, there were lots of cameras going around uh, mm-hmm. and things like that. You get a lot of uh, on-site stuff going on. I've I've sort of had in the back of my mind having a booth down there. It might be neat to sort of partner with, uh, I don't know, like maybe get a hold of one of the guys – you know, like we've had Steve Hertzler on this show. He's an old buddy of mine. Or see if we can't do something with EAS or one of the the bigger booths. I'm not going to have a little Iron Radio booth in the corner, <laughs> you know, yeah. and doing nothing. Yeah. But it might be fun to go down there and be the the media source for some established, I don't know, booth. It might be kind of fun, actually. We would have to get like four or five reporters that are willing to walk through the crowd. Um, right. Hey, that's a good us. idea. I yep. won't do that. So. <laughs> cell phones have changed so much you don't have to have some huge mic you know like when i travel oftentimes with, with mike nelson he's got this awesome my expensive looking mic and he kind of plugs in and sets up and honestly i've recorded stuff with my phone that sounds fantastic when yeah. i go you know edit the show and stuff so it, it's just not that hard to go get interviews I, I imagine as long as you could deal with all that noise in the background you know, yeah, but. that's the only issue would just be how many people there are. But, I mean, that kind of plays into the – that noise kind of plays into the spectacle of where you are. So you could work it in, to your advantage, I think. But Yeah. Did so. you walk away from that event with any gold nuggets or motivation or anything, or did you just – was it more of the same, you know? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's always in – like, as far as the event goes, no. it's always I always leave – because we always end up spending time with Windler and it's always refreshing to be able to sit down with him and talk training. So we'll sit down for several hours and what are you working on now? This and that. And, uh, as a coach that that's always inspiring to me, 
because we'll bounce ideas off each other, what, what he's working on, what I'm working on, and things like that, because we're, we're both kind of working on some of the same stuff now as far as, uh, like, I'm taking over a high school team, strength and conditioning, and he's doing a lot of that. Okay. So what are you doing with him? What are you doing? That's, that's, that's the inspiring part to me is that. And also, I mean, like like me and Jim talked about as well, it's, it's inspiring for me to see people like Mark and people like Jim and, and things where – like we knew them 15 years ago. They were all living out of the back of the trucks. You know? right. <laughs> That's where we all were. Yeah. And seeing how far some of these people have come, it, it's inspiring. And you're really, you're really happy for them, you know, of what they've pulled off. So, right. Um, itself is an inspiration. You know, there are so many people now in fitness. I mean, all you have to do is check out YouTube or podcast. Everybody's got some social media presence and they're all trying to market something, which is usually themselves. And you get it's so tiresome to deal with the like the self aggrandizing. Yes. You know, I'm the product, you know, it's like, yeah. well, how satisfying for you, <laughs> you know, but yeah. what are you actually bringing anything of worth to the table? And I think that's something that actually, Jim, and what we do on Iron Radio is we have in common in that where we do our thing, we talk shop. And if, you know, instead of constantly trying to launch something, sell something, and, and I get it. Jim will sell things, but like you said, if it's if it's helpful to the community, that's that's different, you know. And Rob used to always be about the training. I'm just about the training. I don't even need to compete all the time. I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that, you yeah. know. It's 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 almost the opposite of where everybody else is going. As far as instead yeah. of constantly self promoting, you're just mm -hmm. um, you know seeing what you can add to the community. I guess. Yeah, and that's what I, I I get bothered all the time because I rarely put up. There is rarely a video or an image of me lifting. Yeah, um, yeah. It's because I'm the one doing the filming. I put up my people, and <laughs> it's like I'll show you what I can do, and I'll post about it if I hit something that I'm proud of. I'll just put up some words about it, but I I I'm not taking the time to film myself. Well, it's like family I'm, photos. You're the dad behind the camera, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's like well, they're like, well, no video didn't happen. I was like, well, come to my next meet, and I'll just show you there. You know? <laughs> right. I'm, you, platform, I'm not in the gym. You know? Right. No, I get it. Yeah. But no, it's also neat. You can see booth wise, you know, people like Mark, people like Matt Vincent, who've been in this a long time and then, you know, slowly made something. You can see the difference. Uh, you can tell, like we talked about with training, you do it for 10 years and then start coaching or something like that. You can see that in brands, too. I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but it's like you'll walk up to some fitness brands like, dude, have you ever squatted? <laughs> you don't look like, it, you know, and they're just latching onto this trend and yeah. you can tell the difference in between the ones that have been like, I know Mark personally and like his brand, he wants to put out quality shit, you know, and he knows how to, because he's been in the industry for well, 30 years, you know, he's been training hard for 30 years. So he knows he has an idea of what good shit should be. <laughs> yes. So because he's done it. You know, and people that haven't done it, like, how, how are you going to tell me that that's a great rap when you've never done a meet? It's like the old phrase, do you even lift, bro? You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot of that going around. There's a lot of little brands and stuff that are like, come on, man. <laughs> but Yeah, just uh, trying to cash in. Hey, I got one more thing before I let you go, and that is um, any innovations, products, like, I don't, whether it's supplements, I know you're, you're more of a whole food guy and that kind of stuff, but did anything seem 
innovative, you know, like from dietary supplements, again, that's kind of my background. So when the NO products came out, I was not a big fan, still not, but, you know, that swept through the industry or there was, all, you know, obviously creatine, uh, you know, 100 years ago and all that sort of thing. But did you see innovations that really stood out, product, any kind, physical training, uh, equipment, accessories, supplements, anything really? Anything new to you or not so much? New and groundbreaking? No. Yeah, groundbreaking. I yeah, I can't think of anything that just was like, wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there, it was the same old thing as far as supplement goes. supplements go. They were handing out energy drinks and protein shakes. Okay, know? right. No, that's what I wanted. Okay, I get it. They had literally Monster had like three pickup trucks outside full. Like the whole bed packed full with monsters, and they were tossing them out all day free. You know, I'm not uh, sure now, now that you're mentioning this. Um, I once took a, a student to one of the ISSN meetings, and you know how they have the sort of expo and conference. You've been to those, and yeah. she she was sampling different stimulant products. I'm like, I don't think you should keep doing that because <laughs> I'm no. going to get in trouble. Like, I'm going to take yeah. a student to something; she's going to get sick. But it dawned on me just now that let's say there's twenty thousand people in close proximity to each other. I'm not sure getting everybody wired on energy drinks, that many people is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing but highly caffeinated protein farts, man. It was horrible. <laughs> so. well, and just the agitation, you know, um, I'm almost surprised fights don't break out more than they do, you know. Surprised more than there are, um, especially with that group in there. So Exactly. That group- but, uh, yeah, like the macho men, and they're all wired to the gills on Monster and Red Bull or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I didn't see anything that was just like nothing that was just amazing. Well, and let's face it, you can't expect that every year. I mean, if you were to listen to most marketing, everything is the new rules of that and, you know, the revolution of this or that. You can't have new rules and revolutions every single year. <laughs> You know, uh, sometimes innovation is stepwise and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I honestly can't think of a one as far as supplements go. We haven't had a huge anything hugely groundbreaking in a long time. The big thing right now is everybody's trying to latch on that keto wagon. Okay, you know, still, keto yeah, thing. yeah, and uh, the energy drink thing's always going to be there. Oh, because it's, it's 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 fun to be wired, you know. Yeah, you can feel. Yes, um, yes. And you know, always load them up with beta alanine so your skin starts crawling and uh, <laughs> cheap tricks like, like that. that but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. I mean, the only groundbreaking things that happened were like, like I said, I mean, as far as the lifting goes in the events, it was, there was some amazing stuff going on, you know, world records being broken here and there. So do you uh, think uh, most of the people there are just there to trick or treat as it were yes. at the expo and not to watch the events or it was it was crazy. Like I'd go to the restroom in the, in the weightlifting, and you hear guys in there like dumping out their bags on the counter. Oh man, I scored like six months. I don't have to buy any any energy drinks for six months. Let's go back and get more. You know, like, that's not worth my my time is worth more than you just got. Right. That's yeah. why I call it trick or treat. Right. You go from booth to booth, and you fill your bag with the, with the freebies. Yes. You know, and hopefully, I'm though, my, I'm... <laughs> hopefully some of those guys actually stumble onto an event and. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a way to get people hooked. Maybe they go down there just for uh, shallow purposes, and then they're like, "Hey, this is actually amazing. I'd like to try that." You yeah, know? I mean, I would. It's hard to say, but I would guess maybe maybe twenty percent of the people were like latched onto an event and watching it. Um, 
the other 80 were just walking around trying to collect things. So, okay. I know I keep saying this one last thing. So are, is there anything you can borrow? Cause I know you're, you're looking into the more of the expo type thing yourself, right? Uh, mm-hmm. as far as broader, you know, ranging stuff and more fun and, did you learn any lessons from from the Arnold, or is it just not that new and you're just going to do your own thing anyway? I really think it's it's like what Dan talked about. Um, a big part of having something successful, like they do with the Highland Game Pros, it's more than just being a good athlete. It's being a showman. Mm-hmm. If you get the show up that are they're going to put on a show, that's going to help draw people. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, I don't know if if half Thor like deadlifted 1,044 pounds and just put his head down and walked off quietly. Eh, you know? Right. But he gets up and he stands up and he cheers and yells and rips his shirt off. You know? <laughs> right. That, that's what you need is, is that type of thing. Show so it's kind of like picking athletes and things like that that'll fit this well. Um, it is a good thing. And then just what, what they've done good with the Arnold is like it is not the whole city is behind it. Is what they've done. So they slowly gained it to, to where it's that. The whole city knows, okay, we're going to make millions and millions of dollars for our economy. That's right. You know? So, I mean, they have the whole police forces there. Everybody, like, the, the whole city comes into this thing. And it's it's a great thing for the city every year. I've so. seen that in other genres, too. Again, like Gen Con and Comic Con and stuff. Like, the cities love this stuff because it brings in you know, half a million people or a quarter of a million people or something crazy. And every restaurant, every industry around, a, you know, a 10-mile radius benefits from it. And that's – I think that can't be done overnight. That's something you have to slowly – like with the event we got coming up, We now we have the city behind us. You know, they're not 100%, but they're they're excited. Yep. But if we pull in a bunch of money, hey, let's see what we can turn this into. Right. You know, this could grow over, over years. One of my athletes was joking, and they're like, we need to start up the fill. Um <laughs> instead of the Arnold. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, just call it the Phil. And I was like, oh. You know, in my but, experience, uh, local events, almost of any kind, if you just keep doing them every year, they the good ones naturally grow. You know, like you said, yeah. it doesn't happen overnight. And so your first time out, you might have just a few dozen people. But after you do it for 10 or 20 years, you could have thousands. You know, yeah. just, the word gets out. So... Okay. Well, good stuff. Thanks for the update. Uh, like I said, I haven't been down there in years, and it's 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 fun to talk about, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, listeners. Have you seen the store at IronRadio.org? There are three halls in the store one for phil one for fortress and one for myself dr lowry and they're thematic so you can go into our halls of iron store and choose based on your goal if you need something to learn or read or something nutritional you can look in my store uh, lonnie's store if you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition then take a look at phil's hall of iron and if you want something about motivation or daily training fortresses hall has what you're looking for there are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores we try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store and whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced you can take heart that you're not wasting your time the things that we 
put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.